0: So, Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. If you have one of those black Bibles that one of the ushers would have handed out, that'd be on page 838. So, again, Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. And remember as we're reading that this is God's Word. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty fold and sixty fold and a hundred fold. This is God's word. You may be seated.
1: Thank you, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? You having a good day? It's too hot already, isn't it? Like, what in the world? Holy cow, how'd that happen? My name's Luke. I'm one of the pastors and, and thrilled that you're here with us today. If you're new, let me just invite you to something we have coming up in about a month. It's called Start Here. It's a three-week uh, class, but it's kind of around tables and there's something sweet and good to eat. And uh, we, we just have a great time introducing you to how we want to help you grow in your faith. So if you're looking for a next step as to how to grow in your faith or how to get involved with the church, uh, check out in your program there where it it talks about start here and and mark that. We'd love to have you join us for it. All right, so we're uh, studying the gospel of Mark, and we've been kind of working our way through it. It'll take us about 40 weeks Uh, by the time we're all said and done. I think we're about a quarter of our way through that. And I want to ask you, actually, from where you were in chapter 4, to turn back to chapter 1, verse 1. Mark has told us he's telegraphed to us. uh, He's he's made it clear where where he's headed with what he's doing in this gospel. In chapter one, verse one, where we looked way back at the beginning of this series, he said this: "The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God." The gospel—that's what this book is about. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, that word "gospel," we said back there, means news, good news. Doesn't mean advice. So, what Mark is writing is an account of something that's happened. This is news. This is good news. This is not a a list of things that are advice, things you need to go do, right? Advice is stuff you have to, I better do this, I ought to go there. It's it's filled with shoulds and oughts. News is, this is what's happened, right? So, So, this news, specifically, Mark tells us, is about Jesus Christ. The Son of God. And so throughout the rest of the gospel, all these people will be trying to figure out who Jesus is, and from the very first verse, he's told us he's the Son of God. Well, what's the news? What's the news that he came to bring? Now, it says this in verse 14. Go to chapter 1, verse 14. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, proclaiming the good news. Okay, what's the good news? Saying... The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That was a summary of Jesus' message. Here's the good news. The kingdom of God, the reign of God, the rule of God, it's here. It's close. It's it's here in me. He's going to go on to say. Therefore, repent and believe in the gospel. Trust this. Receive this. Receive this news that in Christ, God has come near with his rule, with his reign, with his kingdom. So that's where we started. And if if you weren't here, I just wanted to kind of bring you up to speed. And if you've been here, I wanted to remind you. And what happens from there, from that moment in chapter 1, verse 15, is Jesus begins to continue to, he keeps proclaiming this gospel and he begins to demonstrate the power of his kingdom. And so he's healing people, and he's casting out demons. He's making people who are paralyzed able to walk, people with crippled hands able to be healthy and whole. Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom. Jesus is demonstrating the kingdom. And he's met with varying responses. Everybody wants to get near him. Everybody wants to see. Everyone wants to gather around. But the people who gather around and see and experience Jesus, some go, oh, I love him. Oh, he's amazing. He's wonderful. And some go, he's crazy. Some even go, he, he's, he's evil. Right? That's the Pharisees and the, the religious people. They come against him. And yet, what's interesting is as readers of the gospel, we don't actually, up to this point, we haven't heard much of what Jesus has taught. Right? Up to this point, right? and, and, and pretend you, you're reading Mark for the first time. Okay, you haven't heard about the Sermon on the Mount. You haven't heard about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And you haven't heard about Jesus going to die on the cross. Pretend you haven't heard all that yet. And you're just reading Mark for the very first time. Maybe this is the case for some of you. And you're just reading this. You haven't really heard much of what Jesus has said. You've seen a lot of what he's done. But Mark has maybe intentionally not told you much of what Jesus has said. And now we get to Mark chapter 4 and Jesus is finally going to teach for an extended kind of chunk of time. And he's going to teach in parables, it says. Look at verse uh, look at verses 1 and 2. He began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land and he was teaching them many things in parables. Get the setting here, Jesus is in, in, in the sea, in the Sea of Galilee, it's a giant lake in the northern part of Israel, uh, they call it the sea, and the people are on the land, Jesus is in a boat, so I actually took a picture from the place where this probably happened, I took this picture about nine years ago when I got to go to Israel, and you can kind of see the, there's that white tarp thing, and then kind of up from it, um, a bunch of, you know, Plants? <laughs> I don't know what the word would be. Those, uh, those plants are banana trees. And what that is there, it's hard to tell a little bit from the picture, but it's actually sloped up quite a bit, and it's a natural amphitheater. And Israeli scientists have stood at the bottom of it and have done tests where someone talking in a fairly normal voice can be heard by thousands of people along that area. So that's probably where this happened. So you kind of picture, do you see, actually, do you see Jesus out there in a little, no. Picture him out there, he's in a little boat, and there's all these people gathered around to hear him. Now, there's all these things that these people have have heard and seen so far. But for us reading Mark, we know Jesus is the Son of God, but we haven't had a chance to really hear much of what he's going to say. And so Jesus begins to tell parables. A parable is a story. It's an illustration. It's saying, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. He's telling stories to illustrate his kingdom. And now Mark uh, records here in this particular chapter four, maybe five, depending on how you divide it, four or five parables. We know from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they've recorded over 60 parables, right? So this is just a smattering. This is just a sampling. Sampling. We, we read the first one all together. Actually, we're actually going to kind of study through verse 34 uh, today, and verse 33 becomes kind of the bracket. Look at verse 33. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. So, so Mark begins and says he talked in a lot of parables. He closes and says, and he talked in a lot of parables. What's all the stuff that comes in between there? Well, here's what it is. Uh, look, look at chapter, I know I'm having you bounce in your mind all around here, but if I can lay out the terrain, then we will be able, you'll be able to understand a little bit of, of kind of where we're headed, all right? So verses 1 to 9 is Jesus in the boat, talking to the people on the mountain. He tells them the story. Guy goes out, he's farming, he throws a lot of seed. It lands all over the place. Some lands on the path, birds take it away. Some lands in you know, rocky soil. It grows up, but then the sun scorches it. Some grows in in thorny ground, and it grows up, but then the thorns choke it out. And some lands on good soil, and it bears unbelievable crop. That's the story he tells. And now, if this were happening in real time, you would jump from verse 9 to verse 21. All right? 9 to 21. This is Jesus, again, telling the story, and he tells another story. He says a lamp comes into a room, not to be covered up, but to be shown, to be revealed. And, and pay attention to what you hear, verse 24. With the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. Right? If you don't hear very carefully, you know, you're not going to understand much. If you, if you hear well, you'll understand it and be able to hear even more. Then he tells another parable, verse 26. The kingdom of God's like a man that goes and he scatters seed on the ground and he goes to sleep and he gets up and he goes to sleep and he gets up and amazingly this stuff grows and at some point he harvests it. That's the next story. Going fast here, all right? Not a lot faster than Jesus though, really. Verse 30 then, he says, now what else is the kingdom of God like? It's like a little mustard seed, a little tiny insignificant thing and no one thinks much of it, and it gets planted in the ground, and by the time it grows, birds are able to nest in its branches. So Jesus tells all these stories. But Mark inserts something from verses 10 to 20 that happens later, right? So I've told you all along, this is like a documentary filmmaker, right? And so, so you picture Jesus out on the sea, and he's with this giant crowd, and he's telling all these stories. Well, partway through that scene, Mark cuts to another scene. Probably Jesus gathered around a meal or walking along a road with just his close disciples. And they're going, Jesus, what's this all about? What are we supposed to get out of this? So verses 10 through 20 are him explaining some stuff. But get this, he's only explaining it to his closest insiders. The outsiders just hear these stories. They just hear these parables. So he explains it. He says, verse 10, when he was alone with those around him, the 12 asked him about the parables. He said to them, to you's been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything's in parables, so they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear and not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And then this is key, verse 13, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So what Jesus is saying here is, I've told you, I, I, there's a lot of stories here. There's a lot of parables. There's a lot of illustrations. But if you want to understand all of them, you've got to get this one. You've got to get this, this parable of the soils, this parable of the, the man sowing the seed and the different kind of stuff that produced. You've got to get that because that is the key to understanding all the rest of these. Well, as we look at that parable, And as we look at all these other parables, what are they about? What's the thing that we have to understand? What's the thing we have to see? What's the thing we have to hear if we're going to get it? What's the thread that runs through this whole section? I hope you pay attention as you study your Bible, as you read your Bible, to words that get repeated over and over and over again. Did you notice any words that got repeated as we read it? Well, one of the ways that I do this is sometimes I'll take a, a passage of Scripture and I'll put it into Wordle. Wordle is a website, wordle.net. And you can put any text you want in there, and it creates a word cloud. And the more often a word is used in the text you, you know, copied into there, the more often that word is used, the bigger the word is, and the more important it is. And the smaller the word is, you know, it's a word that doesn't get used much. So I did this with Mark chapter 4. I'm curious if you can see what this is about. There's some parables about hearing the word, right? That's what this is about, right? The seed and, and, and the seed being sown, all that has to do with, with that's, that's a metaphor, that's a parable, that's an illustration of the word going out and being tossed out to people's lives. What's the point of this? What's the, what's the thread? What's the thing that if we don't get, we're never going to be able to understand any parables? It's that we need to hear the word. We need to hear it. Right? So this makes sense of why Jesus would then say, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand anything. Because if you can't hear this, you're not going to be able to hear that. Hearing is crucial. He uses the word over and over and over again. Verse 3, 9, 12, 15, 16, 18, 20, 23, 24, 33. It's just over and over and over. as you read this passage, maybe do this this week. Go back and circle the word "hear" in your Bible. So what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about about hearing, because in each of these parables, you have this idea of of hearing. Something is happening. Something is developing, because there are some, and this is what we've seen, actually, as we've studied Jesus, there are some people who hear, right? Everyone watches. Everyone hears Jesus' voice, so to speak, but some people really hear it in their hearts, Which is why Jesus says in verse 9, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. There are a lot of people who hear that don't really hear. There are a lot of people that see that don't really see. Let him who has ears to hear, hear. Why is it that some people are all seeing and hearing Jesus and going, oh, I love him? And why is it that so many more people are going, ah, he's crazy or he's evil? What's to explain that? That's a lot of what Jesus is getting at is this is all about how you hear. All right, so here's what we're going to do for the rest of this message. We're going to talk about the source of hearing, the result of hearing, and the nature of hearing. The source of hearing, the result of hearing, and the nature of hearing. So first, the source. If all these people hear Jesus' voice, right? It's not like they can't actually hear him. They hear him. But they don't really hear him. Why? What it will give them hearing. Right? Everybody has ears. Not everybody's ears work. Maybe you've seen these on YouTube. I want to show you a video. This is of a, a woman named Sarah. She's 29 years old, born deaf. And I want to show you a video of her the first time she ever heard. Take a look.
0: Like so close. There you go. We're not right over it. There you go. It's beeping. So now technically your device is on. Can you tell? Oh, that's exciting! Here, you can put it down for a second. Just get used to the sound. What does it sound like? Do you want I want to hear myself cry. Can you hear me? Can you hear your voice? Does your voice sound pretty loud? Um, no, not really. Let's go. (laughs) My laughter sounds loud. You'll get used to all of that over time. (laughs) Do you want to hear your husband say something?
1: amazing, isn't it? Can you imagine being able to hear for the first time? Do you want to hear your husband? She doesn't answer. I that's pretty funny. She had ears, but she couldn't hear. It's on an interview later with her on uh, Ellen, where she talked about getting to hear music for the first time. Getting to hear raindrops. Hearing her husband snoring in the middle of the night. She goes, I never knew he snored. (laughs) So I think she turned off her implant at that point. And she was able to have that surgery, which that particular implant is about, at least at the time, was about $30,000 per ear because someone else paid for it. So she's given hearing. She had ears. She had all the hardware, it just didn't work. And and Jesus along the way here is saying, listen, there's all these people who have ears. They're gathered around me, they hear me, they see me, they see what I'm doing, they hear my message. But they don't hear. Why not? Let me ask you this, have you ever had that moment with God where for the first time, you heard his voice. Or maybe it had been a long time since you heard his voice. If you have, your reaction's probably a lot like hers. Right, there are some people that hear the kingdom of God is at hand. Oh, and they just weep. It's amazingly good news. There are other people who hear that and yawn. Why? Why? Is it that the people who hear and really hear are smarter, better, more moral, more thoughtful, more committed? No. It's because they've been given the gift of hearing. This comes right from the Scripture. Look at this in verse 11. To you has been given the secret of the kingdom. That word secret is the Greek word mysterion. The mystery of the kingdom the mystery that everyone's looking at and can't figure out to you you've been given the ability to see it you've been given the ability to hear it this is a gift this is God's grace why do some hear it and understand because it's given to them and you can see here even these disciples don't understand it well right just because you hear it doesn't mean you hear it well because he goes, you don't understand this. But 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 listen. Some have been given this opportunity to hear. God has opened their eyes. God has opened their heart. This hearing comes as a result of God's grace, as a result of God's gift. I, I want to. We don't have this passage um, in the pro presenter because it's just coming to my brain right now. So I'm going to turn there. You don't need to turn there, but maybe you can make a note of it. Galatians three. In Galatians 3, and Galatians three verse 2, this is always dangerous when you like, start making stuff up in the middle of your sermon, but I'm going to see if maybe this is what we should look at. Galatians 3, 2, the Apostle Paul is asking a group of people who think that they relate to God on the basis of their works some questions. Here's what he asks them. He says, Let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? It's by doing good, by being moral, by trying really hard. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Hearing with faith is the answer. How do you receive the Spirit of God? By hearing. How do you hear? God gives you the ability to hear. He says, are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? God works through hearing. God gives the ability to hear. This is evidence that this is God at work by the extraordinary harvest that comes as a result. Look at, Think about that parable, right? The, it, in verse 19 and 20. Verse 20, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. God is clearly giving the growth when there's that kind of bumper crop, when there's that kind of harvest. Jesus here is saying, listen, those who have ears to hear, hear because it's been given to them. You go, well, then what does that mean for the people that can't hear? Why can't they hear? Does that mean that God really doesn't want them to hear? That's an interesting question because Jesus kind of says in verse uh, 11, but for those outside, everything's in parables so that they may see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven. Jesus seems to say the reason I talk in parables is because people won't get it. What what he's saying? There's a family that's part of our church, and uh, both husband and wife were police officers. And uh, I don't know if they still do this, but I know when their kids were young, they would talk to each other in police codes. You know, I don't know enough of the codes to be able to, 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 be able to do that, but they, they'd talk to each other. Why would they do that? So they could underst- the people on the inside can understand People on the outside, they can't. Jesus is saying, my parables are like stained glass. People on the outside look and go, ah, that doesn't make sense. People on the inside look and go, oh, it's beautiful. Now, here's what's interesting. Every time that this passage, this, this verse 12 is a quote from Isaiah chapter 6, Every time, that that, that passage is quoted six times in the New Testament. Every time, it's in this context of people who have hard hearts. And every time, it raises the question, was God trying to harden people's hearts? And the answer is no. The answer is people's hearts are hard because they love the world, and they love themselves, and they have an agenda other than God's. Why? Because they're deaf. God doesn't have to make deaf people deaf. They're already deaf. Sin has already made us deaf. Sin has already made it where we go, la, la, la. I don't want anything to do with you, God. I'm gonna do my thing. God doesn't have to make anyone deaf. We've already chosen to be deaf. But God, in his grace, gives us hearing. And like that woman, pays for it all. How does he do it? He, He pays for it on the cross. He gives us access to him, openness to him. That's the source of hearing second is the result of hearing what does this lead to it's interesting in this uh, in each of these parables the kingdom that that gets rooted in people who hear it always bears fruit right in verse 20 it bears this incredible fruit of of 30 fold 60 fold a hundred fold it doesn't fizzle out it doesn't get choked off it, it, it grows it bears fruit when you really hear god your life changes The fruit the scripture describes is fruit of love and joy and peace. You have those? Have you seen that God's work in you make you more loving and more peaceful and more joyful? God's fruit is is patience and goodness and kindness. Is that growing in you? doesn't grow in you by you trying to do those things it it grows in you by you just listening so there's fruit that comes from hearing that that's the result of hearing there's also reality of if you're able to hear you hear more look at verse uh, look at verse 24 He said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. He's saying, listen, once you have this ability to hear, make sure you hear. Because if you do, you'll get to hear more. I think about certain songs that I love right, where where you just listen to it over and over and over, and after listening to it over and over and over, you eventually hear things you didn't hear before. You hear the little harmony of the backup vocal, and you hear the little, oh, what's that instrument? I didn't notice that before. Moms experience this as they begin to hear their baby cry, and after a while, they can hear the different kinds of cries, and guys are like, what? (laughs) Baby's just crying. I don't, I can't, but, but why? Because a mom can hear. She has that mom thing. It's been, it's been gifted to her. And she can hear more because of it. So the result that comes from hearing is it bears fruit. Our lives change. The other result is we hear more. We understand more of God's truth. We understand more of God's kingdom. Our lives change more and more and more. There's a result that comes to it. But I think it's important to reflect on this. Because of all this discussion about hearing, I want to talk about the nature of hearing. The nature of hearing. Why is it in the first place that Jesus is talking about hearing? Why is hearing the the key? Why is hearing the clue that unlocks all these parables? It's because of the nature of hearing. Think about hearing. What is it? I was talking to a woman after the first service, and she is a kindergarten teacher. So she she said she spends her whole day week after week, year after year, sitting with five-year-olds saying, now show me what good listening looks like. And what do they do? They sit still. They look. And they shut their mouths. That's what good listening looks like. Notice... The key theme in all these parables, when Jesus finally has a chance to teach a lot, the key theme is not do, achieve, strive, work. What is it? It's hear. Why? Because by hearing, you have to quiet yourself and humble yourself. Right? You, you can't hear well if you're trying to talk while someone else is talking to you. You can't hear well if you're formulating the next thing you're going to say to try to top them. You listen well when you shut your mouth and you humble yourself and you listen. That means that the way we relate to God is not doing and achieving and striving. It's listening. Why? Because the gospel is news, not advice. It's not advice to go do. It's news that's happened. How do you experience news? The weight of it, you listen. You listen. That's how you experience news. But we're so busy, we're just so distracted, we don't ever hear it. Here's how I wrote it in my notes. We experience Christ's kingdom by receiving, not achieving. We experience Christ's kingdom by receiving, not achieving. Are you trying to relate to God by achieving and by doing more and by striving, or are you humbling yourself and quieting your heart and listening? So the source of hearing, it's God's grace. The result of hearing is your life changes and it bears fruit. The nature of hearing is humble, receiving, not achieving let me ask you this, are you hearing Jesus? Are you hearing him? Have you heard him? Right, have you had a moment when the sound turned on and you you were probably, I mean, people are different, but somehow overcome with some kind of emotion of, wow, God's voice, God cares, God's kingdom has come not just to this world, but it's come to my life you had that moment? If you haven't, here's the good news. There's nothing you can do to get it. It's God's gift to you. It's God's grace to you. You can ask him. The scripture over and over says, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. So ask him. But you don't need to try to like go do something or try to gin up some activity that's going to make this aha moment happen. Trust him. Sit. Listen, get in listening position and go, God, speak. I want to hear. See what happens. But maybe you've had a time where you've heard God's voice, but it's been a while. It's been a long time. I know for me, I think one of the hardest things to do is to hear Jesus. I don't know if it used to be easier, It's hard, though, isn't it? I mean, there's never been, at least in my, I I can't speak about history of the world. That feels a little arrogant. But in my life, there's never been more distraction than there's been in the last few years of my life. There's never been more technology. There's never been more children than I currently have. (laughs) I've never been more tired. I've never had more responsibility I've never had more people in my family and in our church and whatever looking to me for leadership and help and encouragement and whatever. There's a lot to get done. It's hard to hear Jesus' voice when you feel all that blur and all that pressure and all that weight. Now, the advantage I have because my guess is most of you feel some of that same weight in your own life. And you're, you know, you'd fill in the story slightly differently, but you feel the same thing. The advantage I have is that part of my job is every week I have to get alone and hear from Jesus. Because I've got to have something to say up here. I prefer for it to not be, here's what I thought. I want to hear from him. Most of you don't have that advantage. So how are you hearing from Jesus. Are you hearing his voice? Has it cut through the clutter? And there's some real barriers, some things that get in the way of this, right? In, in the parable itself, Jesus said your heart can get so hard that the word just, boing, bounces right off you. You can also have your heart be so Uh, scared of the world and the pressures of the society around you that you can maybe receive the the word and and be real joyful about it, but then when oppression comes and persecution comes, you you fall away. You could also be so idolatrous in your own heart that, you know, that's the thorny soil, and the the word springs up in your life, and you go, oh, this is wonderful, this is great, but oh, but I want that money, and I want that career, and I want that fame, and I want that stuff, and I and you don't bear fruit. But the good soil is the soil that by God's grace, hears from Jesus. Go back to Paul, Galatians 3. Does he who works miracles among you, present tense, not just the past, that time when the the lights came on and you heard it for the first time and you were overcome, but presently, does he who works miracles among you do so by achieving or by hearing with faith? Hearing with faith. What does that mean? That means if you want God to support you and strengthen you and give you endurance and give you the grace to keep going, The most important thing you can do today, tomorrow, this week, any time is hear from Jesus. John 15, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So abide in me. Stay close to me. Listen to me. You go, oh, I don't really like to read. That's why I don't read the Bible. Listen, people listened to Jesus before the Gutenberg Press. They would hear a word read in a place like this or preached in a place like this. They would gather with friends and they would tell stories and recount Jesus. They would get alone and pray. And they would say, God, speak. The most important thing you could do this week is hear Jesus' voice. I think he wants to speak to us. I think that's why he's assembled a book of 66 different letters and stories and accounts. I think that's why he's gathered you in a place that preaches his voice but I'm not God, I'm not Jesus, I can't do it. I'm not his spirit, he is. Will you listen to his voice? That's what he's calling us to do here. That's what he's inviting us to do. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that you have spoken to us in your word, that you speak to us by your spirit, and that you have spoken to us in the creation. Father, we pray that you would allow us to hear your voice, quiet our hearts, to be humble enough to listen. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.